0: In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm shopping it up with my boy Chris Watt, Mister Watt. Uh, me and Chris met at uh, both full cell grads, and uh, we just took a liking to each other, man. This guy is originally from Chicago, but but uh, resides in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we talk about you know um, how it was being raised in Chicago, how that affected his musicality as well as how he built a brand as the hip-hop producer that really plays piano and also too what i love about it what i love about this episode is we also talk about not being in a major city and how that can also be a road to uh, achieve success and we touch on many more things so i hope you enjoy this episode of the encouraging spy podcast What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode five, another episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast with your host Darrell Peart. And I got with me, this is actually going to be the first one of us kind of getting to the creative space. Even though, you know, by the time you're hearing this, you've already listened to the episode about dispersing dating with my boy George Doman. But he's also an artist, but we kind of approached that episode from a different perspective. So, this episode is going to really talk about getting into some of my creative interviews and the people who I who I really vibe with and rock with. So, uh, this is my boy Chris Watt, called himself Mister Watt. So, what's going on, bro? How you doing?
1: Yo, yo, good to
0: see you again, man. Yeah, man, it's it's a great to see you, bro. It's great to see you. Like, I love how we built a relationship through social media, being both being full cell guys and. Yeah. Out. That way. Yeah. And the fact that we started um in the in the networking group on Facebook, on social, man, and you immediately took a liking to me what I was doing. And we just really built from there. And and then when you came down to Hall of Fame last year, and we got a chance to connect in person, man. It's just been you've just been a huge supporter of me, man. So I just want to thank you for, for for showing love, man, and just really
1: believing in what I do. Oh, definitely. It's it's needed. It's very needed. Yo, fun fact. A year ago, yesterday, we were sitting on the couch. In, Are you serious? Uh, Already said wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we, it's man. It's been that's a year.
0: Crazy. That is true. Today's the 10th. Right. That's right. That, oh wow. <laughs> wow. What a difference a year makes. And about two weeks after that, we was in quarantine.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're still here doing it, right?
0: Right. We still out here making it happen, man. So man, I want to thank you for uh taking the time, you know, because you have a podcast yourself and and I was a guest on your podcast, you know. You blessed my podcast. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> and so, you know, Amen. I had to I wanted to you know to return return it back and you know and have you come on my podcast, man. It's only right.
1: <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Full circle,
0: man. Anything yes, we can. Sir. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. So like I said, you know, we connected through full sale and man talk about, before we get into everything, man, talk about your experience that you had. I mean, you were going online, so it was a bit of a different experience for you than oh, I yeah, did definitely. going on campus. But talk a little bit about that. And and you know how people always talk shit about and say like uh you know, they say like um Oh yeah, you shouldn't go to full sale university and all that BS. But cost too
1: much. They're not doing nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The the okay. Let's start with with full sale. Right. Um, I signed up online in 2017, and I had known about. And by this time, I was in my 40s. Yeah. So I wasn't even. I heard about full sale when I was in high school in the 90s, but I never had, you know the there was no online program then you had right. to, I had to go from Chicago down to Florida, coming from where I come from, there wasn't an option. So <laughs> gotcha. I had to make my own way in the meantime. And by the time that I got to that stage where I had worked and built all of this and that, and I yeah. had been working on the craft for a long time, um, somebody became president and it, in my <laughs> mind, it was about to take away all the student loans and anything that was available. So I signed up and I gave it my all. And it's rigorous, but you ha- this industry is rigorous. Right. It's relentless, but the industry is relentless. And right. it'll chew you up and spit you out, but the industry will do the same thing. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> at the end of the day, before I even started, I was prepared for a lot of the stuff that it had to offer. I had industry experience already, but I didn't have the network or the connections. So all I had was that,
0: yo that is, that's key because I think that funny you say that because you coming to full sale at the time you did you know you came there for a specific reason and you had the industry experience but you didn't have to feel like you didn't have the relationships you needed correct and that was interesting right because when I came to full sale so. I've been in the industry. This is my 17th year in the business in some form of fashion, right? And mm. so I started in 04. So I was 19 when I started. So I didn't come to Full cell. until I was 28. So I had a lot of relationships um, already built in the industry. But the reason why I came to Full so a couple of reasons, is because I never, first of all, I never thought of ending up back in school because I had to take a break. Um, like I said, I live in Orlando. So I went to a, at the time it was community college, Valencia community college, which is now a actual college. It's a, it's a four year, I believe it's a four year college, but that time was community college. And then I, I went to school for a semester at university of central Florida, which is like, if you grow up in Orlando, I mean, most of us, that's where they go. Right. So for me, I, I'm having some life issues at the time with my, with my mom and, I actually, when I had enrolled at UCF, we had a bit of a, a family issue. And so I said, I'm not going back to school no more. This was the fallout. This was the spring of 07. Right? Okay. And then pretty much, I said, I'm not going back to school. And then, you know, I was working for a little while, working at a call center. And then, you know, you know, a lot of things happened with that and I'm getting laid off. And then man, I said, man, let me, let me go back to school and do something I love to do because one of the reasons too is because my dad you know my mom's incarcerated now but the, and the, you know but my dad really you know you know how that generation is man they want to see their kids go to college i have different mm-hmm. i have a different um philosophy on the way i feel about college these days versus how i used to feel how we how it was you know when i was growing up i have a different philosophy on that this is really not the, not the time and place for on this podcast but but, <laughs> but um you know, I I wanted to finish school just because, you know, my dad wanted to see all his kids finish, you know, and I didn't kind of want to be, I didn't want to be the one person that hadn't finished. And it worked out for me because I ended up getting a free education and I have no student loan debt. And I'm very fortunate in that regard, but I wanted to go to Full Sail really to do something I love to do. And by me attending the university, I know some, I know things that you and I know stuff that a lot of people don't know is that you know, of course we had it from different completely two different viewpoints. Me had being on campus and you being online, but most importantly, what we knew was it's a special place. And unless Definitely. unless you are a student there, you're not gonna know. All you're gonna know is when people say, Oh, why you shouldn't go to school, or why this or why you're not gonna be successful. The people who talk crap and talk that type of stuff is those people are not ever gonna be successful anyway. And that's <laughs> and that's why they say that. You know, I mean. Like anything else, like college, it's a it's a college, it's a university. The only mm-hmm. job and function of a university is to give you skills and training. After it's, that, it's you're on industry, your own. You're yeah, you're on, yeah, you're on your own. There's no guarantee, you know. Yeah, like everybody who's quote unquote made it. The truth is, bro, my success has nothing to do with full sale. I'm just being real with you and probably something with you. Like, are like you going to be successful with or without full sale? The truth is, you don't need a degree to make it in this game. Most people who, I mean, you come from the from the creative side, I come from the business side. Most people who come, they don't have music production degrees, or or they just get in. They get in off of relationship, you know. Most people that in this business are not in this business with a degree of, because we're not traditional. This is a non traditional industry. Most people think that you can't make a career in production and. And music, even though we know that's that's not the case, because you definitely can make a career in a creative field. But most right. people growing up, was always told, go to college, get a job, or get a corporate job. And music will be a hobby for you. That's something you do, you know, after you're not a father. It's something you do on right. the side. You can't come and do this professionally and do this full time. And I think that's a crock of bullshit, because I know how hard it is that people dedicate their craft to this and made a living doing this. You know, cats like Leslie Brathwaite, you know, Demo Castellano, these are full cell guys that guys that have been Marcella Rica, you know, I'm seeing specifically in the in the recording space, they've done really, really well with right. some really
1: great industry credits and have made a living doing the, this, you know. The the dope thing along with that, like you're talking about the upper echelon of those people, right? right. But they also have hundreds hundreds of other people that work with them that make a living doing this. Right, I made a living as a session musician for the longest time. Right, Like nobody knew me. You just hit me up, hey, I need some keys played. You know what I mean? Like, all right, what time you need me to be there? I came in and played keys based on what you did. I got my check and I was gone. Yeah. No credits, none. I didn't think about anything like that. And a lot of cats- That's a lane.
0: Oh yeah, a lot of cats have a full time living doing that because at the end of the day, you always going to have a job where somebody needs to get something played, especially because nobody, especially right. if you want somebody to play something, you don't have to worry about getting a publishing, you know, away for somebody. <laughs> so, hey, I just need to come play these keys. Right. So I need you to do yeah. and play it exactly how I want you to play it and give me my little check. Hey, so, I mean, you know, you walk away for an hour or two to work with a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. Yeah. You're done for the you, week. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Two hours, you know, you hour yeah, you might make right. you might make five hundred dollars for that, you know, for a day, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you do it a couple, you do that three or four days a week,
1: it's two thousand dollars, you know, you doing this full time. I think a big <laughs> thing about we was talking about full sale. You don't you don't necessarily need them or any school Berkeley none of that, but the aspect of them shifting, helping you learn your, a different viewpoint to right. know that these things exist because <laughs> average people don't even know they exist. Right. I'm still learning about jobs in the industry. And I'm like, that's a full-time job. Right. Like, that's dope. Okay. Like, uh, we talked to a guy last week um, who says he makes a full-time living setting up conference rooms, doing audio for conferencing rooms, like the yes. phones, the, you know, the speakers in the room and so forth. He's doing that for years. Yes. Like, that's a full-time audio job right and so many right and so many people think when they
0: hear especially in in, in audio folks a lot of cats only think about the studio they only think about because that's what that's the sexy stuff because that's the stuff that people want to do but sometimes (laughs) the journey kind of is like the journey in this business especially in audio because what people don't realize about audio is that it pays very little starting out so because of you have to build, you have to build this thing. You know, you have, you need relationships. It's a fun thing you love to do, but it just pays. Anybody will tell you, and I'm not in that space every day, but I just know from people who I know, know that it pays very little when you first start out. You know, you got an intern and, and, and nobody's well, and you're not getting paid sessions right away. You know, yeah. stu- you know, so you going in you there, can. Have, you can, It's yeah, impossible. You, can, but you definitely can, but you know. I think it's about, like any other yeah. industry.
1: Like, right. you know, if you're in business, right? You got to start as a secretary or you started the doorman or you started in the, fi- The uh, what is it? Remember they used to have a filing room, the mail yeah. room? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: The, the mail room used to be the job back in the day. That's the only way you could get into the company. Right. You got to come in and bring mail around to the offices. Exactly. And that was like $7 an hour. Then you get moved up and then right. so forth. Like if we think about the grind that you have working for somebody else, if you apply that same grind to working for yourself and changing lives at the same time, that's an amazing thing nobody can take from you, man. I exactly,
0: exactly. And this is an industry of passion, man. You gotta have passion when you're doing this, and I think that's a big thing, man. It's passion. Passion is key. Education is key,
1: and hard work is really key in being in the space, man. Being
0: yeah. in the space, hard
1: work. You gotta love yeah. it. I think you, passion you gotta start with passion you gotta start with love because if you don't love it at three o'clock in the morning you're gonna break down start crying like i yeah. quit <laughs>
0: yeah but the money doesn't roll in right away so yeah. i mean you have there's a lot of things that come into play especially if you have a family and you have those things like that so you have to have a real talk with just with the people which is another or whatever it is you have to know, like hey, this is you know you let me have my space It's right. gonna pay off but you gotta you got to let me do what I do. And so it takes a right, right. I always say, if you want to be in this business, you have to pick the right part of the walk of life for it. Because not everybody's going to understand this. Especially if they don't come Personal from- Personal and business. Right. Especially if they don't come come from the space of what this works like. If people who come from a traditional corporate background, they don't understand entertainment to me, because it doesn't work the same way. It's like, it's like apples to oranges, right? So you have to have a real talk and a real sitting down and be like, look, you know, I know this doesn't look like much, but if you just stick it out with me, it's gonna come together. <laughs> yeah, you know yep. what I mean. You know, so so I think that's that's real key, man. You well know, so man, like, so talk to me about growing up in Chicago. Like, what was that? What was that like for you?
1: Amazing. Uh, it's I think it's one of the unique unique places that. You can compare it to New York and L.A. because it's a true melting pot, right? Okay. There's okay. not a there's there's not a overabundance of any one type of person. So you get this. I refer to gumbo. It's like gumbo, man, and it and it changes over time, right? Right. The longer you leave gumbo in the refrigerator or you leave it on the stove, it's going to change a little bit. Then you can go back and add something else to it. Uh, you get exposure to a lot of different food, a lot of different cultures. And along with that comes a lot of different music and right. viewpoints. And, you know, I was born in the 70s. So I got to see a lot of the stuff that they're talking about nowadays firsthand, like the Black Messiah movie. Like I lived through that time in real time. And I think like a lot of, you know, New York, you it's one of those things that if you have the opportunity to be around that many people at a very young age, not as an adult, I think at a young age, you get to gel with people differently and your experience comes up like that. So I appreciate it. I think it molded, it molded my personality as well as my sound. Definitely. Some of the
0: greatest musicians come from Chicago. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the great musicians come from Chicago,
1: you know, either migrated there or started there. Right. (laughs) So, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you come, you know, I was looking at some of your, you know, checking out your bio and some of the people that were influenced by like you said were influenced by you, like Roy Ayers, Stevie Wonder, George Duke, those, those are real T. But we gotta realize this that was a different era of music. That was real musicians. You know, I think yeah, in today's space, we don't see cause you know, there was a time, especially when you know, think of guys like Quincy Jones and guys like that. When they were making records, and rest in peace to Bruce Sudine, and, yeah. uh, and, and a legendary um, Chick Corea, record, recording Chick Corea, yeah, yeah. Well, musicians and uh, Chick Corea being a musician as well as Bruce Soudin being a recording engineer who's worked with legends, man, and and rest peace to those guys. And they come from an era of we had real musicians in the studio. You know, none of this stuff we have now, which is cool what we have now, but. It was just the recording process was just way different in those days. You know what I mean? So I think it was the
1: admiration that brought that, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It wasn't, there's two things that that I I likened that to or correlated to. The first one is you had if you listened to somebody and you admired their work, you had an admiration and it made you want to aspire to do the same thing, but in your own flavor, right? Right. And then as time went on, you listen to people and you admire them and there's a fear or doubt that came along with it that says, this guy is so good, I could never do that. And I think that's where it birthed a lot of the change from
0: personally. Right.
1: It birthed the change of saying, you know, well, let me find a way to sound like that without having to spend 10 years learning how to play the instrument. Right. And the difference was too, Back in the day, we talking about Stevie Wonder and Chick Corea and uh, Wynton Marcellus and Bradford. Mar- I mean, all of these guys, George Duke, if you went to one of their shows, dude, they would show you how to play the instrument.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> if you had questions about it, they would give you that freely give you that information because yeah. as a creative. We all can have the same tools, right? We have the same. I told uh, Ebony Jones this the other day. Shout out to Ebony Jones. Uh, another full cell alumni okay we were talking about core structures and different things and i told him i sent him his herbie hancock video and i said he said i can't i don't feel like i can do that i said you got the same 12 keys i got right He mm-hmm. said yeah i said you got the same octaves that i have, right He say yeah say then you can do it right. like we have the exact same tool set it's just a matter of how your brain wraps around getting it done right so Not to knock the young guys, it's a lot faster, too. They want it done faster. You know, you don't have six months to to make an album anymore. They want to microwave an album in two weeks.
0: And that's true. Music just moves quicker. So in a way, like, they can't wait long. You know, you can't, you don't have the luxuries to wait as long anymore to, even though, like I said, like you said, microwave albums, even though it's not the best all the time, it's just the era we're in now. It's the era we're in yeah, you don't have to right. adapt. Music moves a lot quicker because see that was an era too where people bought music. You know what yeah, I mean? true. music 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 these days is free. So yeah. so people who, when they buy they buy because of the relationship and that's what I that's what I teach how to why it's important to have a core audience because people buy because of the relationship they have with you. That's the one but there's a difference between and this is always a common theme and everything I do share but there's a difference between fans and supporters fans like your music followers like you but supporters actually spend money and that's ultimately what you want right and so a lot of creatives have they're so concerned with the with the fans and and the following, you change that term from you don't want fans, you want supporters. It's a there's a distinct difference, man. People can literally, bro. You can you can you don't have to buy an album these days. You can literally go to YouTube and stream it for free. anything yeah. that you want.
1: So when you actually, hey, spend, something I want to yeah. drop real quick, go ahead. <clears throat> is for the any producers that are listening, young producers, new students that are coming up, or whomever. You can do the microwave music and learn an instrument at the same time. There is nothing saying that you can't start somewhere and get better. Right. That'll that confidence can help bring the industry back to a point to where like what Darrell is saying, you know, it's valued again. And that'll bring appreciation, not depreciation, along financial appreciation back to the, the craft of what we do as yeah. creatives instead of you know yeah. driving the, the price down. Right, and I
0: think what people, and that's another thing too. Like, what people don't realize about this industry, man, I think what see the internet is a good thing and a bad thing. But what basically has what's what's cut of fucked everything up <laughs> is the fact of anybody can do music, right? Anybody can do it now. So we, but so people don't realize is the truth is, bro, we have no we have people in this industry right now on this in this space that really got no business being here. They got no business being here. They don't really care about it. This is not a craft for them. This is a hustle. And, yeah. and, and I don't really like to rock with people who look at this as a hustle because this is a real craft. This is a real... People spend their their, their lives dedicated to this. This is all they've ever done. You know what I mean? One of my mentors, Michelle Vice who is is a songwriter producer, one of the 2% of female producers in the industry, because there's not that many, songwriters far as the producers, she has been in this business 40 years, right? 40 years professionally wow. in the business, right? She said, this is all she's ever done. She, can't, she doesn't do anything else. She can't do anything else. She said, she's, she's not, she wouldn't be a good employee. She, this is all she knows, but she, she always preaches to people. If you're only doing this for the money, get out. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. And those are her those are her, her words you know it's too difficult you can there's there's far other things to better easier things to do to make money than trying to be uh, a professional creative right? artist right yeah. I, I don't like you know bro i don't like to use the word recording artist it's an old term it doesn't really in today's space the recording artist term is not really what it is you're a content creator i'd much rather yeah. call, in, in the digital space now you're creative you're a creative. You're a content creator because that's what it is. Like back in the, back before the industry went, when digital, yeah, it was a record because you don't make your money in the recording space anymore. You make your money, you know, you make your money, you know, uh, on, on the road, you know, these days, you know, it's about creating content. Content is everything. Yeah. So I think I, I, you will ever, rarely ever hear me say the word recording artist. I just don't think it works in today's space. I Just that's just my philosophy. I could you know people don't nah, have to agree good, with me, but true. but I just don't I think it's an old term. I think we have to evolve with the times, you know. I think I think the way we view the way record labels are we view record labels should be viewed differently. The way we view record deals should be viewed differently in today's space. I don't think that we should be saying, hey, this is I have to we do album cycles anymore because the truth is when you get signed to a major, you might put out five or six EPs before your album ever really drop, before you drop a full LP, right? So if, if your contract says you have to deliver two 45 minute LPs in your contract, but you've dropped six EPs, that doesn't equal out to 40, that doesn't equal out to one LP of 40, you still have to deliver that, right? So I think the term should be, you should be looking at things like, okay, how many masters do I have to deliver? within my agreement, right? Yeah. Versus it being how many albums because music just moves so fast now. Music moves quick. Like you said, there was an era where you would take six months to do a record. That's just not the era we live in now. I mean, there was a time where you radio only played three-minute records, like three or three-and-a-half-minute records, right? But now, because of the, the algorithm on the DSPs, like, for instance, like Spotify, Right. So Spotify pays you a royalty after 30 seconds, after a 30 second play. You, did you know that? I'm sure you probably yep. know that. So yep. that means that, so people, so a lot of younger artists know now, they know that I can, if I have a two minute song, a minute and 50 minute a minute and 50 song, a minute and a half song, if I'm getting played on 30 seconds, 30 second, if I get paid after 30 seconds of royalty, The attention spans are a lot lower. So I could probably get somebody to listen to a minute and a half song twice than it would be for a three-minute song. Yeah. So I get paid. So I get paid twice for the same amount of time that it would take to get me to listen to one song one time. You know. Right.
1: Because it doesn't change.
0: Right. So so that's that's kind of the way music has become, I think. But I think, you know, we have to definitely. What has to definitely change too is the way songwriters, the way songwriters get paid. Because it's just hard to make a living off streaming. It's really hard for songwriters. Like the label look, the labels are making money. The labels are making money because of the fact that they have the art the the big the big artists the, on the major label, they control the record labels, major record labels control majority of the editorial playlist. So you're not getting on those. So I try to tell independent artists, stop trying to go to Rap Caviar. You're not getting on Rap Caviar.
1: Stop chasing Rap Caviar.
0: You're not getting on that. You wonder
1: why people say all music sound the same. It's curated like that for a reason. Reason.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So (laughs) everybody's trying to get, you know, a colleague, a mentor of mine, Barry Coffin, who is an industry veteran and he's working on, he's working on a music discovery platform called We Get Music. I'll tell you more about it. You know, off 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 the air with this. But he's literally saying the the system is so rigged. The only thing that we can really do as a songwriter is to basically create our own like take our ball basically and go home and do something else. Basically create our own system because there's no way that the independent artist can survive, you know, and and the and, and, the, and the and the songwriters can survive making pennies on the stream. You just it just it's it's damn near impossible.
1: <laughs> While we're, we're talking about that, you brought you brought that up as a perfect reason why I went to Full sale Is because I can navigate in the artist space in a recording, have my own recording studio, mixing the master and the engineering. I can do that for local artists all day standing on my head, right? Right. But what made me want to shift because the artists aren't getting paid, so then they don't pay the studio. That's yeah. a trickle down thing. So that's what made me say, I need a network to get me into TV, film and video games. Yeah. Because that's an industry that needs people like us and we're still valued in that industry because they can't do what we do over there.
0: Right. They do visual
1: stuff over there. Right. So that's what led me to getting into independent films. And you know, I had to I had to learn that aspect of it from people who knew it. Yeah. Hence, you know, project portfolio (laughs) classes and orchestration (laughs) classes and so forth. Right. Because it's the technical part to it that I didn't understand. Right and then once i did i said if I, if the network comes along with it i'll be good Yeah. so yeah
0: that no nah, that's no that's real talk cuz i think you're realizing the, the 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 real space for for producers and songwriters mostly producers is that they can still make some money in the sync world in the yeah, sync absolutely. Space. And, you know that's where the majority of people who write for television and film that's where a lot of their money's coming from because it, it doesn't pay as much anymore to put records on artists on, on like it's a, it's a prestige thing now. It's not so much you know you're getting paid you know because was the time in the '90s where or let's say you had an album cut, not even the single, you might get twenty thousand a song. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and you are good for the year?
0: Yeah, you good, <laughs> you know I mean because that was the time where where people were, where, where people were buying records, you know. Or buying something meant you were buying the CD for 16, 18
1: dollars for $13. You know, at the same time, <clears throat> during that era, right, right. you can go and perform. And people don't talk about this a lot, but it was something I had brought up before. You go to perform, everybody bought a ticket. Yeah. Now 20% or 30% of the people who would have bought tickets are now watching because somebody brought their cell phone to the concert right. and they're holding it up. And right. they're still getting the concert for free. Now they're cutting into your your, your uh mechanicals. Yeah. yeah. Because you're performing that live. And yeah. Yeah. like that's a whole nother it. This is a onion <laughs> with a right. lot of layers to it. Right. That's why we started off by saying, you gotta love this. We're not right. trying to deter nobody from doing it. If you love it, understand it first. Right. That way you can navigate and be successful at it. And it may not be the exact same. It may not be the sexy studio setup that you're looking for. But if you can keep the lights on and food in your pocket and gas in the car, and you're still in music and audio, enjoy that.
0: And you look at a friend of ours, like Alexandra Perryman, who's that's the homie right there.
1: You yeah, know, her, you
0: know, yeah, like she she, she started out, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, she started out, thought, she thought she wanted to be in the studio, like, you know, I know her story a little bit and she was talking about, and I definitely got to get her on here, so you just, Yeah, I she was she, on my show. I think she's super dope, I just, you know, my podcast is about you know, my podcast we, we we talk we talk to people whose stories just simply encourage and inspire me, and I'm like, yo, so if they encourage and inspire me, I'm bringing them on, even if they, they might not have nothing to do with entertainment you know, but if their, if their stories encourage and inspire me, you know, I want, I want to talk to them. So, but yeah, she's super dope because she thought she wanted to be in the studio. I want to, she realized early on that studio wasn't her space. She didn't like being in the studio. She didn't like being in that world. Like there's some people who they just want to be studio people. They just love being in the, they love being in that room. I just, that's, you know, And but so she thought she found at NASA doing audio for NASA. And think about it, who their first real job in the industry? You got a government job. (laughs) You got NASA your first time out out the gate. Like I mean, I mean, people have been there. People work you know years and years to to try to get a position like that.
1: You get that out the gate. Out the gate, (laughs) you know. You get like twenty people in history who've had that job. Right. You know what I mean? Like, think right. about it. It's only a handful of people in history right. who've had the job that you're doing now, and right. she's killing it. You know, shout out to a- Alexandra Perry.
0: Yeah, so she's doing her thing, man. I definitely gonna have to get on here, I'll get her on here soon. But yeah, I mean, You look, you got, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta love this thing, man. You gotta love um this everything about this, right? I always tell people there's three there's three parts to music. There's the music industry. There's the music business. Then there's the business of music, right? Yeah. All three things gotta be navigated differently. Like the music industry, right? That's record labels, publicists, influencers, people, people who make up the industry, right? Right. Then you have the music business, people who offer services like I do, music business related services, commerce, stuff like that, merch, everything, you know, thing, you know, experiences. That's the music business, right? The business of music is intellectual property. Yeah. copyrights, understanding publishing, contracts, things like that. Right. So,
1: and that's still new. That's still relatively new. Like in the grand scheme of, you know, how oh yeah, we're doing because, it. Well, these a lot days. of times,
0: because we're in the in independent space, you know, for a lot of times, a lot of artists never took the time to look at their contracts and know what was going to understood publishing, because publishing okay. is very complicated thing, and if, and every situation is different. A lot of it's a case by there's no like one size fits all. A lot of times you have right. to like individually examine each situation and see how this works, right? But I always tell I always tell independent creatives, the space that I mostly work in is new artists, it's new creatives that come into the space, right? And because, and, and I talk about this on a previous episode, by the time you listen to this, I talk about in episode two, we're in episode, this is episode five, so episode two would have already been aired by the time y'all are hearing this, but Um, in that episode, I talked about managing expectations and the fact that somebody like me who's never worked in a major label system, right. But I have, I have the, I have the knowledge and the relationships, you know, I was challenged by somebody who asked me, do I consider myself an industry pro because I've never worked for a record label? Mm. (laughs) And she challenged me and I said, Interesting. And, and what what it goes to tell you is that people get so caught up in titles. You know, somebody like me is much, much, much more more valuable in today's era because 99% of the creators I hear ne- will never go to a major label. They will yeah. never get signed or even have a shot ch- at a major label. Right? So they need... I am much more viable to them because they need my knowledge and my expertise. If you're just, if you're just talking to people who deal with major in the major label space, you'll probably never get to that level. And I'm not here to sh- to shit on nobody, but it's just the way it is, bro. Yeah.
1: So location, so, yeah, passion,
0: so, so it's resources,
1: like, network. Realistically so, speaking.
0: Yeah, realistically speaking, because what people don't realize is. If you want to play in the big, if you want to play in the in the big boys, you want to play with the big boys. This is a money pit. I hate to, I hate, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to disappoint people. Right, yo, yeah. So, you know, none of this side, free. <laughs> side, side, side note, you have a home studio. How much you did you invest into your home studio? Well, Rough give me. take. You don't have to give me that number, but you know, uh,
1: over the year, 50 yeah. grand.
0: Yeah, that's your home studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you probably like don't total. Even, and you probably don't even bring a lot of people into that space, you know? No. Right. <laughs> but you wanted to have the equipment, the type of equipment to be able to compete on a professional level. Yeah,
1: you know I, I mean? used to, definitely used to. Yeah. Like 2017, 2018, uh around then when I picked up and I spent a nice chunk of money, I was recording a lot of local people. And then when I stopped recording, I was even doing just engineering, like send me the sessions. Right. And then I would just, rec- I would mix and send stuff, you know, back out to people. That's that's a part of technology, but like right. between the software that we buy, the hardware, a lot of people don't even have hardware. I got a ton of hardware.
0: Just because right. I, right. I know the value of it. Right, um, for instance, people, people who, you know, yeah, because it's different what they call, People who don't understand this term, mix mixing in the box versus yeah. mixing outside the box. You know, some people mixing in the box. What that basically means, and you could elaborate on this a little bit more. But usually, when you're mixing, simply in the inside the dog, you know, yeah, when you don't, where you're not bringing it outside, you're not bringing it into into your outboard gear. You know, so all it's all digital. You know, so some right. people only learn to mix that way. You know, and and. and when it comes to mastering, too, you know, some people just use a mastering, a mastering, um, software, sweet, right. Yeah. But there's people who go there's there's mastering. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is not my world. This is more your world. But there's mastering houses where there's all outboard gear,
1: yeah,
0: you know, yeah, and, and and nothing's done digitally. It's all
1: hardware. Hmm. Right? You right. got one computer in the room, and that's basically to give it back to you. Because if they could give you back tapes, DATs, a that's if they could give you back that and and have it ran duplicated CDs and whatnot, it would probably still be a thing because there's there's a color to it. There's a sound. Right. There's a feel, you know, that that goes along with that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so. Right. And so the fact of going back to what I was saying about this thing being a money pit, it just is. And so, again, conversation that I had with somebody who doesn't really understand. I can, I was telling her, like we went out, we went out for some drinks or something the other, you know, a couple weeks ago. She was telling me and, they, and I was telling her, she's like, well how do you make it? I said, if you if people who really want to make it, make it in this business, only it's money. It's money. It, that's all it comes down to is one word. Money, moolah, whatever you call it. That's how you play in this game.
1: That's yeah. the
0: only that's the only real I mean, it, it, it's not about talent trust me if it was a lot of these cats would not be on right now i think we
1: can expound on that too because you don't have to go spend money with people but traveling to where the people are will cost you money Right, you need a hotel stay you got to eat while you're there like even yes. just free networking events right you, that costs money to get there if you're not there because not all of them are going to be in new york not all right. of them are going to be in LA, not like Vegas is a hot spot for a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah. So when you want to get into the creative space, it, it's a blessing that we're able to do it from home nowadays because of technology, yeah. but that's only going to get you so far. I mean, right. Right. realistically, you're going to have the 2% that are going to make a killing. Like everybody wants to be a professional gamer like Ninja making 60 million a year. Right. He's one of one. Right, at best, he's going to be one of three. Right, you know what I mean. And the rest, everybody else, you're going to have to right. be the fish in the pond. It, it,
0: it's it's like I talk about pro sports.
1: Everybody,
0: again, listen and go back to the conversation I had with the young lady. Everybody cannot be LeBron and Kevin Durant, right? Seth Curry. Everybody can't be that. There's guys that are going to play. They're going to have long careers. A guy like a guy like JJ Redick right? J.J. Reddick, yeah. pretty much been a specialist his whole career. That guy's made over $100 million playing basketball. You wouldn't even <laughs> think about it. And he had, he, you don't think, I don't think he's made an all-star team. Now, granted, you know, this is a different era. He's made a lot more money towards the back end of his career. You know, when so when, when J.J. Reddick first came in the league, he was just known as a three-point guy. And, he's, and he has changed his game enough to where he's lasted. But the truth, guys like him don't last very long. Back when he first came, here. maybe a couple years, but he's lasted. He this is I think right. he's, this is like fifteenth, sixteenth year, so he's been on, yeah, you know. So, but, but a lot of guys, you can make a nice living. I always say too, you know, like just because you're not, just because you don't make it in the NBA, doesn't mean you can't make it playing ball overseas in another country. Just like, and you translate that back to music, not every not every artist, not every creative is gonna be big in America. Right, the world is a huge, huge place. I know this because I've been to six different countries. I can speak about this. This is not theory that I'm talking about. I can <laughs> tell you because I've been to these places. Right. I know what it's like to see how people respond to you in other parts of the world. Right. So, but unfortunately, a lot of people who've never traveled outside of America have no clue that these a lot of these other countries they love music too. They want to be right. entertained too, and they love Americans. So just because somebody, that's because you may not have a billboard charting single in America somewhere, it's not meaning you cannot be successful doing what you love to do. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? Hey, uh, Dan, Dan Brown Jr. told me about two years ago, Uh more than likely you won't get rich, but you can make a living.
0: That's oh boy, I, bro! I say it all the time. I say that to people all the time. If you're That's looking to gold. get rich, if you're looking to get rich in this business, let's be real. Like take 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 Jay Z, puff all these guys, these guys use Jay Z has used music as a stepping stool. He his real bro, his real wealth is, has has had nothing to do with music.
1: Nothing to do with him making music. No, not at all.
0: Right. Same thing with same thing same thing with Diddy, right? Yeah. His, like, where has Bad Boy been making? You know, when is when is it when is it? Like, What's the last time a Bad Boy artist has really been like at the forefront? It's been years. You know, <laughs> I don't think he's yeah, focused it's been a on. Real that. Long I don't think time. he's focused on that right right now.
1: To be honest with you, you don't hear him talking about nah, these guys it. buying TV networks and
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> you know they they're they're, yeah.
0: so they're doing saying, stuff
1: that creates passive income.
0: Right. So. So what we gotta realize is that if you want to do this and be in this space for a long time, you have to understand there is gonna be ups. Even again, even the guy we mentioned it before, like Leslie Bradford. I'm gonna get him on this podcast at some point too. I've already reached out to him. I definitely gotta get Leslie on here. You know, because I'm just Leslie doesn't know this, but I'm—he's one of my mentors, man. And and uh, and, you know, wouldn't say we're relatively close, but he always shows me love every time I see him. I definitely want to get him on here to show him some love but Leslie always talks about um Leslie always talks about the fact that um you know and this guy's worked with some of the biggest names in music right but he always talks about there's always going to be ups and downs you know oh hold up my hair my back Hold on, let me pause. Yeah, so you know, Leslie always tells me, or I've heard him say, like, "Look, there's always going to be ups and downs, even for a guy like him, you know. Um, for what he, what he, you know, he does real well, you know. But he said, you always got to be prepared. There's always going to be, and this, there's always going to be ups and downs in this business, you know. And so you got to be prepared for that." you know, in, in the space that we're in, you know. It's not always going to be glitz and glam all the time. It ain't always going to be money always flowing in all the time. It's the nature of the game. This is why you got to treat people. Uh, my Brian Michael Cox talks about this. He says the way you treat people coming up is how they treat you going down.
1: <laughs> so, so, so. Definitely.
0: So, if you're an asshole on the way coming up, Cats will remember that as you go down. When the phone stops ringing, okay, when the phone stops ringing. Oh, yeah, because it will. It will. Eventually, that phone, I I tell this to everybody. Every every major artist that's popular. Scott Storch said that. Yeah. At a time where Scott Storch was the hottest producer in the game. The hottest producer in the game. And he did not know he was how making to handle more money, money than
1: anybody else.
0: Yeah, and he didn't know how to handle fame. He didn't know how to handle most, The truth is, bro, most of us don't. So anybody, if they can sit here and tell you that they know how to handle fame and what, what fortune, nobody, because we're not, human beings are designed to deal with that type of money. Most of us don't, especially if, if you don't come from that. You know, so, bro, you get anything you could possibly want, women, Drugs, money, anything you want, you have access to. And that's dating. that can be really dangerous. <laughs> if, Definitely. You, if you don't know how no, to do it.
1: Nobody handle. tells you no. Right. Right. Like when you get to that level, nothing, nothing is off limits. Right. And that is, it can't be intoxicating. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you get, what is it? They call it drunk with power. Right. You get drunk with power. And that's why a lot of people end up, like you just said, they fall back down, and it doesn't really matter what what level you got to, if you can't handle it there, if you can't handle it on the way up, definitely for longevity, then you were you started for the wrong reason, right? You ended for the right reason, and that's just it. It you know it, it it runs that round, it runs that full circle, and karma comes back at you.
0: <laughs> right, that's right. what I think. <laughs> like, no, that's facts. Th- yeah that's fact that's facts man oh what i want to one thing i want to also talk about with you bro is i love also i loved your bio and you talked about you know how tell me about how you built a a brand as the guy the hip-hop producer that could really play the piano talk to me about that what's what was that about you know in your bio you, you talked about that
1: yeah that came from um trying to be specific, right? Like the important part about standing out is being specific about what you do. Right. And since I had been, I was playing before hip hop existed. Right. I mean, (laughs) hip hop wasn't a thing when I was learning how to play, you know, uh, Duke Ellington pieces. When I was playing Stevie Wonder, it wasn't a thing. The closest thing to hip hop at that time was George Clinton, right? So we had P-Funk and I wanted to play P-Funk. Right. Well. When you had talent shows back then before we even had drum machines, cause I didn't have instrument. You learn how to play this stuff and then hip hop comes along and you're first, we're first generation hip hop. It didn't exist right. before we were born.
0: Right. So is, it evolved. Hip hop is 73. So let's sort of say you are you were born at least in the early, I didn't ask how old you were, but <laughs> you were born at least in the early yeah, the mid like, 70s, you know?
1: So we were, we were right there right. and I started playing everything when people wanted something done. I say, yo, you know, cats was sampling. I'll be in the studio with different people yeah. and they'll try to chop a sample up. Well, I started playing their sample chops. It like, wait, you just play what I chopped up different from the song. Yeah. I kind of knew the original song, so I adapted. And that's where I got that. Like this guy can play. So they would have a lot of people would have me play over what they already did. A lot of yeah. unique and original stuff, and then it would make the tracks different. And when everybody was a hip hop producer with an MPC and a record player, yeah. what made me stand out was that I I kept a, I still got my JX three hundred five with me. I would bring that to the studio everywhere I went. I got a nice, you know, I got a set of cables here. Plug me in,
0: right. and I'm
1: good to go. What do you need me to do, or if I need to come up with something else? Right. That's that's where that came from. Yo, that's what's up right there, man. Like I said, we you talk hours of practice. <laughs> like right. I right. practice at least three hours a day every single day. Right. Seven days a week for many years. Right.
0: As we talked about earlier in the podcast that these kids today, unfortunately, they don't come up in the game. They don't really know how to play anything. Everything they know how to do chords or they know how to do or they know how to loop. You know, and that's yeah. the, that's the extent that's, and we're talking about primarily urban. You know, we're not you know, we're not saying, you know, you know we spend a lot of time in the urban space, so you know, we you know that's what we, we're talking about here, you know. I'm sure it's I'm sure it happens still other donors too, but the space that that I most I'm at least I'm mostly involved in. I'm pretty sure to say you probably are, is you work probably a lot in hip hop, R and B, and soul, and, and and a lot of yeah. stuff that that we do, you know. So, yeah, man, that's what's up. Um, yeah, and, and and the last thing, man, before we get out of here, it's been a great, great conversation. By the way, I've really yeah, enjoyed, appreciate I've you really definitely. It. But man, we'll talk to me. Yeah, man, talk to me about you obviously living, you know, now being, how long you've been in Cincinnati for?
1: Oh man, I've been this since I was off and on in Cincinnati for probably the first three years I was here. That was like '98, '99. I was going back to Chicago on a regular basis. Right. So when I when I really sat down, is like I can't keep traveling back and forth. Was probably oh four oh five. Okay, somewhere so been, around so you've there. Been, you've been pretty much yeah. So, and talk to me about
0: how you've been able to still do what you love to do, and not be. Because I think a lot of my listeners, you know, would like to know about: Do they have to be in LA? Do they have to be in New York or in some of the big cities? You know, but, but no, you a- don't. But you've been able to do it from. Cincinnati you've been able to yeah, have Cincinnati, Ohio, success and have your music placed and and talk to me about that too like, but first before that like about how you've been able to do what you've been able to do from a place that's not really considered an industry hub people aren't flocking networking to, and people community aren't flock, people aren't flocking to since Ohio right so I have right. an artist who I believe you know that space in Ohio. Who I think the world of, and I think she's amazing. And she's like, I gotta get out of
1: here. I gotta get out of here. You know, <laughs> it's there's some truth to that. There but is. There
0: Definitely
1: is. Utilizing your local network.
0: Yeah,
1: it's like you know, Orlando for you. You have right. a local network. You have for anybody that's in these small places. Find your hole in the wall clubs. Find right. your bars. Find you know. When, right. when they have a, a college campus, college campuses are huge. Right. So there's always, they always have a hip hop night. They always have like an EDM night. They always have some type of special ladies night or whatever the case may be. Right. If you can, If you can network locally, if enough of you are doing something creative collectively, then industry people start to come to you. That's true. But That's you have true. to make, but you have to have a collect, it has to be a collective effort. I agree. I think, I think that, right?
0: I agree. I think, you know, every, you, always have to, oh, you always hear everybody say, oh, my city's crabs in a bucket, crabs in a bucket. That's every local city It's like that. Every yeah. local city is, you know, crabs in a bucket because, you know, there's only so many venues to play. You know, there's only so many venues, especially in, in, in these smaller cities, there's only so many spots to play. But like you said, if you can build a community, and again, it's funny you use that word because that's one of my favorite words. Is community. I think for artists, I, you've heard me talk about this over and over and over again. Community in the core, right? In your yeah. case, as a producer, building a community being known as, okay, you I, you need this. Oh, man, my guy, Chris, well, yo, he could do that. That's the guy you, you need to go holler at. He can get that done for you. And you can build up a nice clientele. I have a buddy of mine who's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right, His name is T. Zank. He runs a studio like yourself and He's a producer. He's also an artist, you know, but he makes a six figure income yearly. You know, being <laughs> in a small town. One, you gotta think two, the cost of living is low. He's not in LA, you're not dealing with everybody running to that city. So you can pretty much have your town on lock because you're the main person over there. They know, okay, he's the main person that does hip hop over here or or whatever. So it's like you become mm-hmm. known as that person that is able to get that stuff done versus when you go to LA or Atlanta and no disrespect to LA, you know, people that do that. Cause I love Atlanta. I mean, I've only been to LA once, I think once or twice, but Atlanta's like a second home to you, but I personally do not want to live there one because me living with a disability, it's just too spread out. Right. It's hard enough for me here in Orlando. So going to a bigger Metro, just wouldn't even wouldn't make sense for me personally. So I don't want to see myself Am I frozen? Yeah. So you know, the fact of one of the reasons why I, you know I chose to stay in Orlando was just because you know it just made sense for me because me you know living me trying to make it out in L.A. or Atlanta some of these bigger cities just wouldn't make sense. So I knew I was going to have to take a kind of a a less a path of, all right, I got to do it here in Orlando. It's so where my support system is. I got to be here. So I think, and I've been able to do some cool things myself. So, uh, you know, I think I think there is something to be said about not always having to be in the biggest city, not always having to be in um, a hub, so to say, right? And still able to you get- know-
1: even even for the people in New York, they travel to Jersey. They travel to the different boroughs. They travel, you know, in their local area and not just in their one little spot to get more community. That, that's something that happens in LA as well. They travel to different, LA is huge, but they travel to different clubs in different areas in different sections in different counties you still should move around. So like for us, we go to Columbus, we go to Cleveland, we go to Lexington, we go to Louisville, we go to Newport, like uh, in some places, Lawrenceburg, you know, it's a lot of cities in the area that we could hit to make things happen in. Right. So if if you are in those spaces, utilize what you have, you know, those are still resources. Don't think any less of them. Because they ain't got a like you said, they ain't got a name attached to it. Because they ain't got a title attached to it.
0: Right, a lot of a lot of people think that man. Because the what, I think what people got to realize too, man, success looks different for everybody. And I think some people only see success in one prism, and that's all they see. And I think when you approach from that mentality, then you, it's going to be very hard for that person to be successful. Very 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 hard because. Yeah. If you only see success in that one space, to me, does this it this, okay? Do you want to be famous or do you want to be successful? Right, <laughs> two different things. Do you want to? So, to yeah. me, the way you become successful is you bring value, right? Because people who are famous, who are, you know their name, they're very famous, but they're not successful, but they're very famous. You know. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I think that people, yeah. especially in, in in this type of space, man, you should really strive to want to be successful. And in this business, does that mean, can you make a living doing what you love to do? And that's okay, man. 99% of the creators out here, Chris, you know this, bro, are not gonna be major. They're just not going to be. You know, there's only, there's only, Less than ten thousand artists signed to a major label contract right now. You know, hello, Hold on. Yeah, so you know, only about only about ten thousand, right. ten thousand, less than ten thousand artists um, are signed under a major label or subsidiary of a major label right now. So. There's a, there's about eight million artists across the world that consider themselves independent artists. So independent music ain't going nowhere, bro. That's 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 what the, that's what that means. You know. Independent artists ain't going anywhere.
1: So especially now. Right.
0: So you know when, that's, when people are yeah. doing
1: one stops. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, and, when, and to me, it, especially in the yeah. in, as as a producer, when you own your music, you know, when you own your masters and you own your intellectual property, man, that's music supervisors love that stuff, and industry pros who deal in that space love. They love first of all. They love they would they would rather work with independent producers anyway, independent musicians anyway. They don't. They would much rather because one, it's much easier for them to clear that music. And trying to go, trying to clear major songs. So a lot of times, you might have one song that's yeah. a major song. You may have fifteen different publishers on the same record, so you have to track down fifteen different publishers. Versus, if you're dealing with independent artist slash producer or whoever, if they own everything, everything's one stop. You don't have to go to every to, to all these people to get the music cleared. Yeah, you know so. Bro, it's been a great, great conversation, man. But you know, before you leave, man, tell the people where they can find you, what you're about, kind of what you do, any, everything. I just want to give you a minute to kind of tell people, you know how how they can how they can um, how they can um, connect to you, chop it up with you, you know what you do and all that jazz.
1: Ah, uh, you can find me on. Uh, you can find me on my website, at visionhousestudios.com. Uh, we make music for digital media, TV, film, video games, artists, mixing and mastering voiceovers, podcast, uh, basically anything audio related. I am on Instagram as the real Mr. Watt. Uh, you can find that link on the website. I'm on all other social platforms, streaming platforms. Um, Man, that's about it right there. That's, you go to visionhousestudios.com. You can find everything you need. All my contact information is on the site. Please subscribe to the site. Leave your contact info, anything we got going on. If you're an artist, you can also hit up the podcast page if you want to be on the show. And um, with your information, we will get back to you to have you on the show at our earliest convenience. Y'all keep creating and keep the community going. Each one, teach one sure man well ladies and gentlemen there you have it that's
0: my guy Mr. Watt in the building you know I want to thank him for being a guest on my podcast and you know till next time this is your host rope pier and this is the Encourage and Inspire podcast and I'll see y'all later peace peace an independent creative who were just encouraged and inspired by what you just heard in this podcast episode and you feel that I'm the person that can join your team to help you create a framework for success as you navigate the new music industry, what I want you to do I want you to shoot me a text directly at textdurell.com that's D-U-R-E-L-L textdurell.com